0: Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money saver tire and service deals today. Dobbs, with 43 locations, real deals are always close by.
1: Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Yes, yes. Welcome in its Balloon Party. Driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Munganass, Burkhardt, Alton, Toyota. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you on the program. Uh, just to be very direct with the audience here. Uh, been doing TMA for 20 years. It'll be 20 years in July. And we are fresh off of f- perhaps my favorite segment in the show's history. And um, it's because it was an interview with Kelly Chase. And I would imagine most of you, if not all of you, know that Kelly Chase is battling leukemia. Um, To give you some background on how this came to fruition with regard to the conversation we just had with Kelly Chase in studio on TMA, which you can go back and watch on YouTube or listen on TMASTL.com. Uh, Chase is putting together a game and it is a star-studded charity hockey game on April 5th at Centene. Um, And tickets will go on sale tomorrow uh, via Ticketmaster to benefit a combination of Siteman and the Jimmy V Foundation. And so yesterday, um, Chase, who has... um, you know, obviously, if you're in St. Louis, it's a good chance you've met him. But Chase and I have uh, had ownership in, in the same business for a number of years, so we've we've known each other for a long time. And he he gave me a call during TMA to uh, to see uh, if he could come on and talk about this event. And so I was on the air. I called him back during a commercial break and said, "Of course, absolutely." Uh, later last night i 'm already in bed it 's like I guess he texted me at nine sixteen um, and I saw it this morning sometime in the five o 'clock hour uh, and he asked if uh, if he was going to call in or if he could come in studio and just as a a general kind of a you know inside baseball thing, I would imagine Randy Carricker, Dan McLaughlin, anybody who does this for a living. Your intuition, when you see that, is if somebody wants to come in studio, they want to talk. They want to go. And I had been wanting to talk with Chase ever since he had been diagnosed and, and became public with it in November. And he went to the Blues game on December 22nd against the Blackhawks. He was actually, uh, as he said it just now, drugged there by Wayne Gretzky. And... um And so people became aware of his set of circumstances. But you also tread lightly in the situation because you don't want to be intrusive and you want to let somebody have their fight. Um, But when he expressed interest in coming in studio on TMA this morning, I'm like, all right, I guess we're going to talk about it. And once Kelly Chase gets going and begins telling stories, I'm telling you, I don't know if there's anybody better. And so... We went, um, we had a a separate guest, uh, Ed Herman from Brown and Crouppen in studio, and he's always incredible, as it is, from about uh, 8 to 9 o'clock. Chase just walks in the door because that's Kelly Chase, (laughs) and and I'm like, we're not breaking now. We're just going to keep going. So we went from 8 o'clock until 9.45, I believe, with Ed Herman from 8 to 9, and then Kelly Chase from 9 to 9.45. I don't really do much promoting of tma on this show i don't it's not because i don't want to it's just they are two separate things and i know tma is not for everybody um but i this is one where i would say i would recommend you go back and listen to it uh, or watch it on youtube uh youtube.com slash it's not going to make me any money i don't give a damn it's it's because of kelly chase and telling his story and i asked jackson god bless jackson here uh, who is in the midst of producing TMA and then also producing this show, when he got off the air, when Chase got off the air, I walked right back into Jackson's studio and I said, Hey, we got to play some of Chase on Balloon Party, because I know there are plenty of people who listen to 101 ESPN who don't even know about TMA or the fact that we're doing this little show in a, in a closet next to a pisser. And we got we to gotta let people hear this story. So, Jackson, God bless you for turning this around on uh, very short notice. Um, I asked you to pull as many clips as you could for this audience here on 101 ESPN. And the first one that we have is how Chase found out about the set of circumstances and the hand that he has been dealt, which is an aggressive form of leukemia. This is Kelly Chase on TMA just this past hour. Went to this remarkable doctor,
3: Trish Herford, um, you know, she works with every but everything but infectious disease, most impressively, um not afraid to get into the Eastern European side of it, whether it be with c b d and T h c and stuff like that. I spoke with her at the Capitol um with Turley, Kyle Turley, huh, yeah, who's now walking, by the way, who wasn't, and uh just she's impressive, and she's impressive in so many ways. Um, and she just said I want to just do blood work on you a friend of mine um, Gina Gamblin had sent me to her and uh, it was on a Friday on Monday I was getting surgery and Monday she's texting me in the morning don't get in that chair and I'm saying why not call me and she said well I'm on a flight from Houston or Austin and just uh, don't get in that chair well then her nurse called and of course now we have an oral surgeon and a nurse having a conversation you know who's going to win that battle right <laughs> so the doc's doing surgery so he does surgery takes part of my a clip of my root of my tooth off my jawbone packs cadaver bone up in there sews it all up and i'm in the lobby and my phone's blowing up And she just basically screaming at me, like, what were you thinking? Are you bleeding a lot? And I'm like, no. And she goes, I go, I wanted to actually make a comment going, have you seen me fight? I don't bleed. (laughs) And then I just said, uh, no. And she said, I want you to go over to Siteman's Emergency right now. And I said, what the hell am I going over there for? And she said, get over to Siteman's now. And an hour and a half later, I was sitting in a room with three doctors, um, and my doctor just looked at me and he said, you think you got gout? And I said, no. And he said, because they've been treating you for gout. I said, I know. doesn't work. He says, well, the chemo will get rid of the swelling in your body. And I said, the chemo? He said, Kelly, you know, what you have is aggressive acute leukemia. And he said, I'm going to be honest with you. I have no idea who you are. And I have no idea about hockey, but these two gentlemen over here, they seem to think you're the toughest guy that walked the soil of St. Louis. And I have 20-some people on the other side of this wall that are concerned
2: for you, so i got to make you better, and that's my job. Kelly Chase, this morning, telling the story of how he found out he had an aggressive form of leukemia. Uh, Jackson, yeah, you have been the one working so hard to pull these audio clips, uh, and I don't know what the next one is. So, uh, could you set it up uh, fine, sir?
0: Yeah, this is Kelly Chase talking about just how gracious he is for all the support he's got, especially coming up on this uh, charity hockey game.
2: Uh, Unless... <laughs> people
3: want to be there for you. Yeah, it's been overwhelming. I'm, I'm I guess, at first I was kind of shocked, and then and then Gretzky bullied me into going to the game on the twenty second. Yeah, I was wondering about that. And I, I kept, he kept saying, no, no, it'll be good for the people. It'll be good for the people. And I, was, and I wasn't I was ready to go to the game. Was that that, that Blackhawks game in yeah, December? Yeah, and I just was like, I'm not, dude, I'm not, you know, I'm, I don't want to go. And then I get out of the car and kid doesn't recognize me and, and starts crying. And I get down the hallway and the security's crying and I get to the, you know, elevator and the elevator lady's crying and it was it was tough because you've been around there so long and you know these people so well. So I said to Ray Lynn, you know, I said, and I was with Twister too, uh when I mentioned this and I said, you know, just to let you know that I said, people are scared. And they're like, they're nah, not scared of you, they're not scared of you. And I said, they're not scared of me. They're scared for me. Because they, they this isn't what they expect of me, so my wife's like, "Oh, that's crazy." They're not scared, and I said, that "I made a living out of knowing when people were scared. <laughs> I, I I I know when they're scared." And she and uh, Twister said, "Raylin, they're scared. It's okay." And he certainly made a living out of knowing when people are scared. <laughs> so, so the, the whole thing of it is, uh, is I'm I was I, I am overwhelmed. I'm I'm grateful I hope people come out I hope I hope it's just such a overwhelming success that um that it's a way of saying thank you to everybody um you know we will have some surprises we will have some cool things happen and and it's just going to be a great night you know I, I know that um I know I've got guys calling me from all over the country and 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 not even not and out of country saying I'm gonna come I'm coming back for this, and and I'm like I'm trying to put this team I told Bruce I'll send the team today he's like Chaser we, like we got to get going here like <laughs> and uh, I, so I will I will send something over to him today but I've been lucky because I've been very fortunate to. Um, have a lot of good friends outside of the game that weren't just hockey people, but the hockey world is special.
2: Well, what, you, what you've done is make an impact. You know, a lot of people lead their lives and kind of keep to themselves, maybe not touch a lot of other lives, but you have done that. You've made a, a major impact in a lot of people's lives, and that's certainly a legacy to be very proud of. Well, I
3: appreciate it, I'm, and I'm grateful for that. And and I think, it's, I think it's also one of the promises that I kind of made that as, if I ever had that platform that I was going to do as much as I could for people.
2: Kelly Chase this morning uh, in studio with us on TMA and uh, it's it's, he's he's truly one of the greatest storytellers I've ever met uh, just happens to be ours here in St. Louis and he was in Kelly Chase form telling stories of this this odyssey he has been on over the last few months and uh, I would really recommend for Blues fans to uh, listen and you can watch it at youtube.com TMA STL or go back and listen uh, to the TMA podcast it's the TMA STL app or TMA STL.com um, But the event he's talking about is going to go on sale tomorrow. It's on Ticketmaster. It's going to benefit Siteman. And the Jimmy V Foundation, it's April 5th at Centene, and the names he was listing of people who are going to play in this game, uh, and then he said there are still some that they're going to announce as a surprise. He said, one of the people coaching one of the teams in the game, you won't believe the person's there. Um, I guess it kind of goes without saying, although maybe it shouldn't, but Wayne Gretzky will certainly be there, um, along with plenty of other, including recently retired uh, Blues players, uh, and the phone calls he's been getting I and mean, he was talking about how he was talking with Garth Brooks about it. I mean, this is not, you know, this is this is a list stuff here and it speaks to Chase. I mean, that, that that's the thing that, you know, Doug Vaughn and I were saying throughout the course of that conversation is all of the seeds you have sown of kindness and charitable gestures throughout your career when you were not the person in need are now being harvested, not because you are asking for it, but because people naturally want to help you because of the impact you've made on them. Just by entertaining them, by playing for their team, or just by being an all-around good guy who entertains him. And that's what he's experiencing right now as he battles leukemia. So again, Ticketmaster, uh, tomorrow is when these tickets go on sale, April 5th at Centene. The building, I think, holds 3,750, and and honestly, I I don't know if they're going to have enough seats. Uh, It's going to be absolutely incredible, and it is a tribute to Kelly Chase and what he has meant to so many people over decades in St. Louis and the game of hockey and beyond uh, that so many people want to come to St. Louis to be there for him. So if you want to hear the interview again, youtube.com slash TMASTL or uh, the TMASTL podcast, which is uh, on the TMASTL app and TMASTL.com. Kelly Chase this morning, one of my favorite segments in, in that show's history. We'll take a commercial break. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dom's Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN, driven by Mungan St. Louis Acura and Mungan S. Burkhardt, Alton Toyota, Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you. And uh, we are fresh off of playing some of the clips from Kelly Chase with us on TMA in studio this morning. Uh, for those of you who did not hear it, you can go back and uh, watch the interview at youtube.com slash TMA STL uh, or listen on the TMA STL podcast. Truly, I mean, I know I keep saying it, and I'm going to say it throughout the course of the day. It was one of my favorite segments in, I don't know how many segments I've done of that show, because we started it in July of 2004, but... Um, I just think the world of that guy. I really do. And I know so many of you do as well. Uh, and I was telling Matt Rocchio as we were coming in, Jackson, because uh, Rocchio ran the board for a period of time on TMA back in 20, 2021. Um, so he's familiar with the show. And I know he goes back and he podcasts it. And I said, I got to tell you, that was one of my favorite segments. He goes more than, you know, he started naming a couple segments, including one of Chase calling in to. TMA the morning after the Blues won the Stanley Cup and telling the story of, again, again, just an absolute phenomenal sell, storyteller, um, how the way things worked out, and it's like a movie. Mm-hmm. How he was in Nashville. He wasn't in Boston. He wasn't in St. Louis. He was in Nashville, and he's driving to St. Louis, so he's listening to that game you know he's listening to the call of that game and he happens to reach downtown st louis as the moment is happening in which the clock hits zeros in boston and he pulls over on the side of highway 40 in downtown st louis just to stare at the skyline as that's going on mm, i mean it's like you <laughs> know, like it would truly would be like something okay you're going to write a script for maybe you know but i mean that's that's what it was. And I, you know, when the blues won the Stanley cup, so help me when the blues were in the Stanley cup final, I think even when the blues were in the Western conference final against the sharks. So help me. I thought of number one, Bobby Plager throughout the whole time, throughout the whole time. And, uh, and Kelly chase, I remember because chase would come in on the podcast and, you know, just like, what would it mean? And I think it. I think it was in between the years where he was going to be leaving the broadcast team. Um, and just it, it, and I meant it in the way of what would it mean to you as a former Blue and somebody who had been on the broadcast for so many years to see the Blues win the Stanley Cup, um, and you know immediately gets emotional about it, and you, you can't even imagine what it what it meant to somebody like him and Bobby Plager, and so for them to be able to see it and for it to go down the way that it went down too, yeah. you know, it wasn't. You know, like if, I don't know, it's, it's I'm not trying to crap on other teams' championships, but, you know, if you're a longtime Dodgers fan, you finally got your World Series, but it was in the COVID year. I mean, the Blues got it in a seven game series on the road in Boston. Yeah. You know, Doc Emmerich's on the TV call still. It's not in the bubble. You have Bobby Plager still there. And the thing that I had heard, and I don't know how much truth there is to it, is that. The Blues were talking about, you know, the famous handoff from the captain to whoever gets it first. And most of the time, it's the longest tenured player. Uh, and in this case, it wound up being Jay Bo Meester, uh, That there was talk of the possibility of handing it to Bobby Plager as kind of a wow. representative yeah. of yeah. the organization, all of the years, and then also the fan base because he became. And I'm just like, oh my God. I mean, just, they just do so many things right. And so when Chase called in the morning after they won the cup, I'm like, this is like, I can't even, I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't set a scene. Like, I mean, imagine you're driving on highway 40 and there's Kelly Chase staring at the skyline. You know, I mean, it's, so yes, it it just, it's really hit me. And, you know, the the way it kind of works doing this stuff, honestly, again, moments of transparency here is. You know, when we're, we're screwing around on TMA, it's usually slap and tickle for three hours, and I just come in here, and then the show's certainly different. Um, but there's still some slapping and tickling going on, and Jackson asks me a few questions, and I uh, and I go off and and do the program. But on this one, I'm you know, I mean, we got done with that segment. I'm just like, do I have any live reads? No. Okay, I have some moments here to to breathe because okay. there were times during that chase interview that I just want to start weeping. Mm-hmm. You know. So, um, you know, I know a lot of people think the world of him and are pulling for him and God bless him because all of his actions throughout the first 50 plus years of his life, uh, he is seeing how much it's meant to people by how people are coming uh, to be there for him in his time of need so thank you to those of you who have been so complimentary of that conversation but that was all uh kelly chase and kelly chase's personality and his storytelling and um yeah for him to be able to recount that and share it with the audience was uh incredibly powerful this morning uh jackson we will take a commercial break we'll come back and then we'll set the stage for the second half of the program which is the little piddles half and half and our program, which really specializes in in doing nothing, mm-hmm. actually made news yesterday. I saw Jordan Cairo trending. And I go, I wonder why Jordan Cairo is trending. Well, it's because of what Jeremy Rutherford said on this program at the tail end of the show yesterday. For those of you who missed it, we will play it. We will discuss it in addition to other questions, which will be included in the Little Piddles half and half. That's coming up in the second half of Balloon Party, driven by Manganas St. Louis Acura and Manganas Burkhard Alton Toyota.
1: We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Welcome back. It is balloon party on 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you at the top of the hour. Jackson Burkett on the other side of the dais with what is called the little piddles Tuesday, half and half and Jackson yesterday we had Jeremy Rutherford on and it was the final segment of the show. So we didn't really get a chance to uh, spend much time discussing what he said, but what he said certainly got some attention from Blues fans and it was this exchange which I then want to expound upon once we play it right here. Here is Jeremy Rutherford on Balloon Party yesterday.
3: Here's what I think about Kyru. I would give that a
1: 50-60% to chance that he's going to be traded before the no-trade clause kicks in, and that might be a little low for some. I just think
2: that it, it's it's right there in the middle, but I I think this I would be shocked if Jordan Cairo finishes his eight year contract with the Blues in St. Louis. He might pay, make it past
0: the no trade uh, clause when it kicks in, and I realize that would give him control before that point, and that might not make a lot of sense to people. But I don't know that the Blues are going to be able to pull
2: off a trade with Jordan Cairo between now and then but once it does kick in tim like doug armstrong always says if we want to trade a player regardless of if they got a no
1: trade we'll figure out a way to get it done i would be shocked if he finishes the year contract in st louis
2: yeah. that's uh, jeremy rutherford yesterday on balloon party and so now having a little chance to to discuss what he said um, I also, I think I think the reaction from Blues fans, yes, and this isn't everybody, some people were 100% with him, some people were really surprised to hear it. I think when you have the person in St. Louis who has been covering the team as long as he has, say that, and it really wasn't on your radar, you're like, he's in the very early stages of his career, and yeah, he has been in the league now a decent amount of time, but... Why in the world would the Blues get rid of him? If you're in that mindset, hearing the beat writer for the Blues, say 50 to 60 percent chance that he's traded, that could have rocked your world. And I think that's why it got a lot of attention yesterday amongst some Blues fans. Candidly, I think the chance is higher than that. But I also recognize that that I tend to be sell, sell, sell and I and I don't apologize for that I don't necessarily think it means I'm bold I just view it through, and through the lens of assets. Uh, we're all numbers when it gets down to it and we're either black numbers or red numbers black numbers being profitable, red numbers being not and if the blues view him as an expense that's upside down, you unload that and I realize with it carries the risk that he turns into a superstar and he might be a superstar right now if he were with a different organization and a different system but for what the blues are right now and for what you know is a long-term contract at eight million dollars a year uh it carries a lot of risk with it and i think that risk is greater than the risk that you trade him and he winds up becoming a god somewhere else because you do have one certainty and the certainty is you unload that Check from your payroll for the next eight years. And that has value when the Blues are in the spot that they're in. And also Cairo has been in the spot that he's been in, which is not getting on the ice and or being complained about by take your pick of coaches or uh, teammates. And so from that standpoint, yeah, you can't necessarily find his speed too many places, but you also can't find that kind of expense with the risk that it's not going to come and give you proper return on investment. So that's why I've been of the opinion, man, I would love to see them trade him. But for Jeremy Rutherford to say it, it's a different thing than me saying it. And I recognize that. And I think that is why it got the attention that it got yesterday. I would love to see the Blues trade him again. It's nothing personal. Uh, It's just, I just feel like that's one that they're going to go, man, this isn't working out. It's just not there. And holy crap, we're on the hook for these dollars for a long time. So that's where I'm coming from on it. And I understand some people being surprised by it, mainly because Rutherford's saying, it again, 50 to 60% doesn't mean they're going to trade him. I just think that level of percentage surprised them because people weren't necessarily stunned, I think, to hear that he did not think that that he was going to finish that contract. I can't imagine many people think that. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. If you are operating under the premise in February of 2024 that it's highly unlikely that he's with the Blues in even 2029, five years from now, much less the duration of the contract, then inevitably what that would tell you is he's not going to live up to the deal. And so if you're in that mindset right now, I realize it's uncomfortable to trade a 25-year-old player of that potential, but, you know... Big time business moves aren't made with comfort. They carry risk and sometimes you might lose. But oftentimes you win. And if you wanna if you wanna win, you gotta take a shot. And from my standpoint, this is a shot that the blues need to take. And I'm not saying they need to take it by March eighth but they need to take it before he has no trade clause kick in. So, that's where I'm coming from on it. Your thoughts are welcome. 314-399-9646 Air Comfort Service text line. And you're also welcome to participate in our YouTube chat. That is the 101 ESPN YouTube chat. Uh, I uh, I Hate Paper Straws is talking talking it over along with Tiny PP Droid Effects. And Jackson, you said it's John, John Scores? Yeah, we'll go Scores. And Dan scores Jansen, in. they're in there talking it over and you could. Participate in the conversation. Uh, they call themselves the Balloon Party Mafia, and therefore I call them the Balloon Party Mafia. Yeah, we're going to you know pay tribute, if nothing else. Amen. Uh, Jackson, you have some questions prepared today. What do you have on this little piddles half and half on 101 ESPN? Yeah, I think a good question to ask on the heels
0: of the Jordan Cairo discussion that we were just in the middle of is about Drew Bannister's uh, activity Kind of his coaching style after the last game, the benching of players by interim coach Drew Bannister seems like an important moment in his short tenure as head coach of the Blue Note. Do you think that message will be sent effectively that there are expectations to meet for each and every player? Do you like the move from the coach at this point in the season?
2: Um. Yeah, I do. I I respect it actually because I, I mean he may know what his situation is and the public might not know. In other words, he knows he's going to become the full-time head coach or he may know he isn't and uh-huh. they already have their guy. But I like that. I like the accountability. That was a real debacle on Saturday in Detroit. So good. Um, with that said, it's going to be tough because this might be the toughest twenty-four hours the Blues have on their schedule with games uh, against the Jets tonight and then against the Oilers tomorrow as they move from Manitoba to Alberta and play two teams that might collide for the right to play for the Stanley Cup uh, sometime in May. I mean, that's what they're up against. And that ain't going to be easy. Now! Now! just for the hell of it, and I don't know what kind of percentage uh, you would give for this, Jackson, and we're big on arbitrary percentages on this program, if somehow the Blues come out, and take all four points over the next two nights. Sweet mother of mercy. Yeah, That'd be a little something going into the, the home game on Saturday against the Wild. But um, I don't think too many people are expecting it. But wouldn't that be something? Because that's the thing about this team. <laughs> it's a weird deal about them. They'll have games like, I mean, you knew that. that you just, It just wasn't there on Saturday. And you knew it from the first shift. Uh, and then it certainly carried on through the first 10 minutes of that game in Detroit. And then there are other games in which you go, oh my God, how about these guys? The weird thing is about the win that was in, in between uh, the loss to the Leafs last Monday and the debacle against the Red Wings on Saturday is it was a 4 nothing win over the Islanders, but it was a game in which you go... Boy, if you didn't see the goals scored and you just saw the action outside of the goals scored, you go, oh, maybe the Islanders won this thing because the Islanders had so many scoring chances. Point being, the Blues haven't really played a great game in a while now, and that's unfortunate, especially considering they had that five-game winning streak that was snapped right before the All-Star break. So is it starting to trend? Is it starting to, quote, correct to this team is who about what we thought they were? The reality is by the time they head back to St. Louis after leaving Edmonton tomorrow night, is they could be in 12th place in the Western Conference. They are only a point up on Calgary and Seattle after Seattle won last night in overtime against the Bruins. So uh, this thing is is walking a very thin line. And you were citing in the commercial break money puck has the Blues now at nine percent. Yep, nine percent to make the, the, playoff. the playoffs. Yep. So twenty
0: percent decline over the last two weeks.
2: So that gives you an understanding of how quickly these things can happen and uh, how leveraged the Blues may be. And I'm certain that Doug Armstrong knows that, and that's why I expect them to be selling. I just I maybe mean, I'm I'm operating on that premise I, and I, I view it through the lens of it being uh, a lock uh, 1042 in St. Louis your thoughts are welcome of course I want to talk about Brandon Crawford on the other side of the break and we will do so as the Cardinals make a move yesterday that is coming up next this is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN and on the 101 ESPN YouTube channel
1: we're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN
2: Welcome back. So we're currently with you to the top of the hour. Jackson Burkett on the ones and twos. The program's called Balloon Party, and it's driven by Mungan S, St. Louis Acura, Mungan S, Burkard, Alton Toyota. And they really are the best. Online at stlouisacura.com and AltonToyota.com. And I'm not just saying that because they sponsor the show. I happen to be a client. So deal with that, Jackson. Nice. Consider a Thank you. So uh, I I gather you have a Brandon Crawford question anyway. So
0: it's about as 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 simple of a question That's as
2: here. We'll we'll set it up. We'll play Sketches and Bits. Sketches and Bits. Go ahead. All right. Well, I'm loaded for bear on this topic. <laughs> I thought you would be. I I am. I I feel like I'm, I'm in Colin Cowherd mode, but I really do feel this way. All right, here we go. All right.
0: Brandon, Ca- Brandon Crawford was added to the roster yesterday after a run on free agents. What do you make of the move? Do you think fans are making too much of this, both positive and negative?
2: Ah, that sucks. Then you just stole my thunder. But yes, that's how I feel. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, here's the, this, isn't, this isn't an indication that Bill DeWitt is hoarding money. This isn't an indication that the Cardinals are about to recapture the Giants of 2010, 2012, and 2014's magic. This is really the Cardinals misjudging yet again, which has been a tradition throughout the 21st century, an injury diagnosis. That's the issue. It's not about, I guess, because it's, is this like Bader engagement farming when you talk about the DeWitts and money? Uh, Both. Ooh, is that right? Yeah, Yeah, I think you might be right if I'm starting to understand the the definitions. The Venn diagram overlap? Yep, the rare. Okay. Uh, Because you can never go wrong with that. It's a a good populist take. You'll appeal to... I'm sure I'm pissing people off right now by... Pissing on mm-hmm. the DeWitt is cheap thing uh, because it just it drives me up the wall. Uh, and I don't, and here's the thing I got nothing to do with the Cardinals. I'm not looking for a job anywhere. Mm-hmm. This is just how I observe it. And I've been observing this ownership group, which I think will go down as one of, if not the best, in the history of St. Louis sports, which again is counterintuitive. And people would say, oh, you're a rights holder. I got no rights to hold. And they don't want me holding their rights. But This is just a move in which the Cardinals are going, oh, crap, Tommy Edmonds not going to be ready. Mason Wynn, hopefully, is going to be great, but we need some depth. Who's out there? Brandon Crawford. Great. And that's it. And Brandon Crawford, who won those championships with the San Francisco Giants, is not the guy that the Cardinals are getting. This is a 37-year-old man, probably done playing baseball within the next year or two. And he's been with a great organization, and good for him. He isn't going to go flop around with all Chapman in Pittsburgh this year. He gets to play at the Cardinals, probably win a division title, mainly because of how bad the division is, and compete. And I'm sure he wants to compete at this point. He doesn't need any more money. And that's, that's what this is. But the story, to me, is a story that has been a story dating back to the early 2000s, and that is the Cardinals hoping for um, medical miracles with regard to their players. And then the players not living up to said hopeful prognostications. And then the Cardinals being left in a spot where they have to sign a 37-year-old guy because they don't know what they're going to have at shortstop in Mason Wynn. This has been going on for years. I don't know why the Cardinals are so off on their medical prognostications. Uh, I know it's a sore subject for some in the organization. I recall, I mean, I'm going back to the aughts um, I'm not trying to dress anybody down here, so I'm not going to name a name. And it was a harmless question. We're walking across the the first field um, at the Cardinal Spring Training Complex, and I was doing TV, so I think I was with my photographer. And I saw one of the people, and I said, hey, anything new? And I think it might have been on Daryl Kyle, actually. So that would tell you it's 2001 or 2002 since he passed away in June of 2002. I think that's who it was. Uh, you know, is he is he going to be coming back? Is, and, and the guy turns around and goes, "You know what?" you guys are always complaining about us with the medical calls. He goes, sometimes it's just wrong and it's not like somebody's trying to lie. And I'm going, okay, <laughs> <laughs> have a nice afternoon. You know, I'm just like, it's, it's a it's a sore spot. But it goes back that far. Right. And I know that frustrates fans. But what fans, I think, are more frustrated about this year is, wow, this team is old. And so all this does is add to the narrative of Sonny Gray, Kyle Gibson, Lance Lynn, Matt Carpenter, Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, and here is another Older guy. If the Cardinals would have signed Jordan Montgomery yesterday, all of that would have been forgotten. Um, I would imagine by the vast majority of people. But that isn't most likely the way that this is going to play out. Who knows? And so people, oh my God, this is the move they're gonna make. Well, they're making this move out of necessity. They're not making this move because they were like, ooh, Crawford's available and it's February twenty sixth. We gotta take advantage of this. They're going, oh crap. He thought Tommy Edmund was going to be able to be ready for opening day and the man hasn't been cleared to swing a bat yet. And so after getting arthroscopic surgery in October, he's not ready and they're not sure that they want to entrust that job to Mason Wynn just yet. Hopefully, it is a non-issue and Crawford becomes like his former San Francisco Giant cohort Will Clark and comes here and becomes a fan favorite. I could see that happening, but more in the realm, most likely, of being a bench guy with an occasional spot start um, because I think he is a guy that Cardinal fans will enjoy watching play. He did win a gold glove in 2021. So this isn't like, you know, this isn't somebody who's 20 years removed from being able to contribute. It's just kind of a nothing. And it's a nothing, though, that is out of a necessity. And the necessity is the something. And the something is the Cardinals overshooting medical projections, which has gone on for 20 plus years.
0: Yeah, I think fancy this and kind of what you were talking about there with how old the team is and then this just adds another log to the fire but guys guys like Brian Crawford around his age this is what they're out there for to, to bring in guys for depth. You know, you're not going to take a 22-year-old minor leaguer who you're high on and give them five at-bats a week so that they can be your backup shortstop. No, you get guys who are past their prime in their late 30s and this is what they do. And a guy who won a gold glove two years ago, certainly you could pick a lot worse people to have in that position, not to mention another left-handed bat off the bench. You know, so that's just all it is. And think People might think like, oh boy, is this a signal that they're a little dicey on win? I personally am on the opposite end of it where I haven't seen a team like more confident in a guy this young, this unproven, starting at such an important position like shortstop. I, I can't remember the Cardinals doing it. Maybe Jordan Walker, but he wasn't playing short. You know, he was kind of playing an outfield role, which he had never really done. So to see the confidence they have in Mason Wynn actually excites me. The Tommy Edmund thing is concerning, considering he's going to be the center fielder hopefully for the rest of the season, but with the Brandon Crawford thing it's just it, it adds depth
2: it's kind of it just it just goes back to i for me it's just it's kind of a nothing yeah. i realize he's a name but that's mm-hmm. not the guy they're getting and it and, and there is really no take to have from it sometimes right. things are takeless i realize that isn't necessarily the culture of our particular industry at this moment there's just nothing really to scream and yell about about this one they need a guy they got an unhealthy situation with, with Tommy Edmond, and he hasn't swung a bat yet. Mason Wynn hasn't hit well at the Major League level at the same time. He's played for like five weeks. And so you want to have a net, and he's available, and you don't want to be caught when you did make reference to free agent signings were happening with no one. Yeah. So this guy's there. He probably wanted to make sure he wasn't playing for, take your pick of about 15 teams that know they don't have a shot this year. At 37, that's not what you want to do, unless you're desperate for money and I don't believe that's going to be the case for somebody who has made I would imagine nine figures uh, so that's that's the, sp- that's the spot I, yeah. and, and that's just it's, it's kind of it uh, I, so I was surprised on TMA in the first segment this morning that people are like can't believe you guys aren't talking about Crawford I'm like I'd be weirded out if we were <laughs> You know, I mean, it's just kind of like a a nothing thing. Yeah. Like the Matt Carpenter thing to me is different because Matt Carpenter carries with it a commentary on mismanagement and pull. Po- I don't even know if it's polarizing the fan base, but polarization and why are you sending a guy who doesn't need to be extended and then taking on risk, going back to the thing we were talking about in the previous segment with Cairo. Why take on risk with limited reward? It's just, that's a self-inflicted wound. This is... Okay, we need somebody. Whatever. It's not like, oh well, we acquired Crawford, so now you need to trade somebody off. It's kind of a nothing. Maybe it'll wind up being something. The bigger story is Tommy Edmonds' health. That's the bigger story. And um, I just, I, I, I was surprised that. There, but I don't think a bunch of people, by the way, are, are worked up by Crawford one way or the other. Oh, yeah, uh, I just yeah. think it's a it's a portion. And then just like with any story in the world, you can find a couple people on social media and then take two people and say, look at the way people are talking. Well, it's two people.
0: Right. Yeah. And I and maybe I'll throw a little ice cube on the age thing, because I'm sure the average age of the Cardinals is quite old. But when you look at the median age of the 40-man roster, it's 26 years old. That's the median age. Now, it's the 40-man. It's not the active 26-man roster. That's the 40-man. You're, yeah, you. Good chance you're going to see a lot of those guys throughout the season, and it's not like the older guys are in like positions they shouldn't be. Older pitchers still can be super effective late in their career. You know, the oldest guy in the field is Paul Goldschmidt; and he just won the MVP two years ago. So it's not like they have a bunch of geezers out there in the outfield by any means. They got old guys in the bullpen and the uh, pitching rotation, which plenty of teams also have. Some guys don't hit their stride until their thirties.
2: So yeah, but I mean, you do take a look at the infield and the corners and the catcher are all in their you know, mid thirties to later thirties with, with Goldschmidt. And so I understand the complaints on the age thing. Again, I I just kind of write off the 2024 season as a bridge year of sorts for the Cardinals. Um, Even though I gather they're not going to say that publicly. Uh, My tell on that is that they are in full promotion mode. They keep talking about or Molina and, how that's going to be an exciting thing for the year. He has not made an appearance in Jupiter. I don't, I don't know when he will. Um, maybe he's going to get around in at at medalist and then stop by the camp. But it's just that that's overstating because I think it's more promotional. Um, yeah, if, if, I, I'd be really curious if the Cardinals were in the National League, Eastern, National League West, if that would have changed the the arithmetic this offseason. But they are fortunately in the National League Central, and therefore they might be able to, as we were talking about their win projection yesterday of 84.5, win a division with 85-86 wins. And then, as we've seen, who knows what happens in the playoffs. And I understand it. I actually think it's responsible and smart considering the uncertainty of the television deal, but I know fans don't want to hear that because fans go, you got three million fans coming through the gates I don't care about your television deal. Spend the money and this rotation doesn't get me fired up or thinking that you're going to have a great season. And so that is the undercurrent of the unhappiness of what is a pretty healthy percentage of the fan base. All right. It's time for us to shut it down. BK and Ferrario are up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party driven by Munganas, St. Louis Sack here in Munganass Burkhardt, Alton, Toyota on 101 ESPN and the 101 ESPN YouTube channel.